Weekly Dish. We are in our second hour. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are so happy that you are here. And this is the time of the show when we do the top two in our two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents Top Two, Top Two. The Top Two. Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two. Winning, winning, winning. All right, you guys, this is where we talk about two things that we are kind of loving this week. We're thinking about, we're a little bit mildly obsessed with and want to share with you. Uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Okay, so what I'm going to tell you about is something that I think we've talked about on the show before, but it's kind of one of the things I like to bring up right around this time because of grilling season. It's the Terrace Major, which is a cut of beef that you can get. Uh, that is basically one of the best steak deals in town. Okay, let's hear about so the it. So st- the Terrace Major, it's T-E-R-E-S, and then Major, M-A-G-O-R, just so that we're all on the same page, is uh, it's from the meat department, and you can usually find them. Um, you know, you usually a lot of times you have to ask the butcher for them because it's not a common cut. It's kind of known secretly as the chef's cut because they're often made into medallions. You know, when you get like a beef medallion, you don't really know yep. what kind of beef it is. It's definitely not a ribeye, but it's also usually not a tenderloin. The Terrace Major is a cut that is basically acts like a tenderloin. It's soft. It's supple. Um, it kind of feels like a fillet, it's but soft, it's, it's got more flavor. Because Lord, what'd you say? I missed it. I was talking. I'm sorry. Just like soft and supple. Soft and, and supple. Like you're and tender. And it's, it's like a spring day. It's like it's like a field of marigolds in your mouth. Yeah, I wasn't going that far. On your plate. <laughs> On your plate. Uh, so what I wanted to let you know is that Kowalski's has it right now. Uh, the Kowalski's naturally raised meats. They're hand cut and they are featured at eleven ninety nine a pound. Which okay, is I'm a, making fun of you, but this really is a good tip. This is a really good tip because also a lot of people get, you, you. I don't know about you, but once grilling season really rolls, I start to go, all right, should I get another ribeye? Rib That's my favorite cut. Me too. But so it's how like, do you, do you slice this on the bias like you would a flat iron? You, you don't, have to, it's just, you can just straight up slice it. It's like, it's a long, it looks like a tenderloin. It looks like a long tenderloin. Okay. So you could do that. But, um, I just Terrace Major. Terrace Major. And it's just kind of one of those lovely things. And it's on sale at Kowalski's. Okay. Um, Okay. So I have have a couple of obsessions this week. One is Revival in St. Paul has a new menu. And on that menu is something that is so delicious. It's called Etouffee. Yes, Etouffee. Have you had it there? Not there, but I've had Etouffee. Oh, stuff. But you are saying... It was on the appetizer menu, which I think is a little weird place for it because it is a complete bowl. There's like a clop of rice and then the do Etouffee. Tell, do, do you know? Do you want to explain what Etouffee is as sure. a dish? It's a shrimp gumbo-y type dish. It's got based in a roux. It's brown um, with some shrimp, with some veggies. And it's just this like shrimp stocky wonderful sort of soupy stew. Okay. Is that a good description? <laughs> yes. And they, it is su- supple and t- soft. No, yes. And it's served with usually their sausage in it and a seafood. And then there's like a little clump of rice in it with the around it. And then there at revival, there was <laughs> sorry. like, that was a technical term around it. There's like a handful of roasted asparagus kind of laying over the top of the rice. So I ate the asparagus with my hands, which was delish. And then tucked into the um, etouffee by spoon 
my husband had his spoon in there. I had my spoon in there. It was so good and incredible. And the bartender had said, you know, this is really good and it's new and you should try it. She was so right. It was lovely. And then my favorite glass of white sparkling wine in a restaurant is there. They have this jazzy bell that they have made for them. And it's just perfect with their food. And with that etouffee, the richness of it, with this light, bubbly, appley, Ooh, it was just like, it's the perfect meal. And my husband, who's not a huge fan of fried chicken, looked at me and he said, we can come here more now because I love this. Oh, because he's always like, I don't want chicken. chicken. Yeah. So I'm like the the brisket and like the, you know, sometimes he does, but he doesn't want something heavy. So, okay, that's good. It is like a paella, but sort of this sort of Creole version of a paella in a way. With the gumbo. Yeah. 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 That's how I think about it. Why is gumbo and what is the, we need to find, I don't know what the difference is between gumbo and etouffee because the way that they made their roux sauce was very much in the style of uh, a gumbo. It was like that thick, chocolatey. See, gumbo is a, is more of a. I guess I don't know. Maybe that is the same, but I feel like it's a thicker um, French. Well, they're both. I know we got to look this up. Yeah, it's. I don't know if there is one. Is a sort of to me a duskier kind of thing than the other. Um, it was lovely. So that's my top two. An hour two would okay. be the etouffee and the jazzy the new- bell. With the jazzy bell, it's like you that is the perfect meal right there for lunch, yeah, or a a light dinner. I mean, I was full, but it isn't like you're having like the heavy. I had some macaroni and cheese too. I'm not gonna lie. Who am I kidding? I mean, come on, you can't go there without having that macaroni and cheese. No, um, I wanted to give a shout out for my second top two an hour to to a place that I just you know, when we talk about service all the time, that it's just important to me to highlight people who do good service because I find that hospitality and services. disappearing um i just want to shout out it's not a food thing but it's big frog t-shirts in plymouth and they helped me out with a quick turnaround and it was just i basically just threw an order at them they helped me they helped me sort of design a shirt that i needed in 24 hours and i got it and it was not only amazing not only was it well done but they i had signed off on a proof and it was wrong from what I had talked with the woman in the store. I just didn't catch it. She texted me and said, hey, we had talked about you wanted the text in Navy. And on the proof, it was black. My mistake. Do you, is that the way, you know, what can, we, do you want it to go Navy? And I was like, oh God, thanks for catching that. Yeah. And then they didn't charge me. You know what I mean? They charged me kind of the same rate for everything. It was amazing. Great. And they're lovely, friendly people. And they were really w- willing to just kind of help me with whatever I needed. So, I love that. That is some great service. I know. And I wanted to shut that out because it was, and they were so I mean, it was just so effortless for them. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. Love it. Yeah. Um, so if you need a t-shirt, go see them. Yeah. <laughs> in and 24 if you need hours, by the way. And, and one t-shirt in 24 hours. Bubbly, go to the Revival Bartender because yeah. she was helping us there. Okay. Here is my other one. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right. So this chocolate has been around for a while. I do know they have it at Certix. They have it at some of the co-ops. And it is locally made. It is called Terroir Chocolate. They have two things that are, one is new and one is old. They have a chocolate bar called the Salty Nibbler Mm -hmm. that when you, the front of the bar is like these beautiful dark chocolate squares. The back of the bar is cocoa nibs and chunks of salt. Mm. It's the coffeeest, toffeeest, dark chocolatiest, saltiest, yummiest, 
uh, that I've had in a long time. Really? It was really good. Hmm. So that's number one. The okay. second thing that they have, and this is just getting to stores because I think we sampled it before anyone else, is this toffee. And it has that same dark chocolate on it. But you know how sometimes like the toffee piece can be really thick and then you get like the thick robe of dark chocolate? Yeah. This is like a thinner robe of dark chocolate and almost like a toffee crisp. So it's light. Yeah. In this box, you get all these shards of this light, yummy. I would say it's like the spring version of toffee. And it was so <laughs> delicious. So terroir chocolate, toffee. Where or can the you get these? Nibbler. These are bars? They're bars. And now they're also coming out with this box of toffee. Okay. Uh, I know they have it at Certix. The co-ops have it typically, I think, Mississippi Market. I will put a link to their Facebook page so that you can find all their retail locations. But it's terroir chocolate and it is locally made. Okay. Good. Oh, and it was good. That's excellent. I think that that is a great idea for a Mother's Day gift, like you were yes. hinting earlier. This and they have like lot. You could get like a stack of eight different chocolate bars. Are they, wait, are they locally made? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where are they from? I, did you put up a link? I couldn't find it. I, I haven't yet. Okay. It's on the grid. Terroir chocolate. Uh, where are they from? Uh, Fergus Falls. Oh, okay. It's oh, delicious. They're they're kind of new, actually, aren't they? Newish. They came out like, oh, it's only been, they're only like one or a year old. I mean, considering the fact that we have some amazing chocolate makers in town. Yep. They're one of the newer ones. Oh, And they have a, a number of bars, too. Oh, I love this one. I remember this one is the Taste of Place collection. It's a three pack for $20. And what I like is that it's single origin dark chocolate bars from Madagascar, Haiti, um, you know, uh, Dominican Republic. And you can kind of Belize. You can like oh, yeah. taste the place. <laughs> this is what's funny about this conversation. That is like they're very careful about picking place and sourcing their chocolates. But of course, I don't talk about that. No, that's not what I know. we do. Yeah, I'm the eater. I talk about like this amazing <laughs> chocolate bar. And then you're the expert that gives the whole backstory <laughs> that is probably really significant to their business model. Right. They're but probably I'm just, like, <laughs> like this. You need to get the salty like, nibbler. I this and it was great. <laughs> that is like that right. That moment was the microcosm of this show. Oh, my God. And all that can happen now is one of our children call us call and we will us be and complete. Then everything will be 100% perfect. So funny. So there is the weekly dish for you in a nutshell. Yes. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some Mother's Day things that you can do and be prepared for. Uh, we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Who has brunch for Ooh. Mother's Day, by the way. There we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are. Uh, we have a call. We have Becky has online. We're going to take Becky's right, question. Becky. We have another question, too. We may as well. I'll just do Might a as well handle it. What's up, Becky? Hey, how are you guys? Good, good, really good. What can we do for you? So I'm looking for a fun night out to celebrate uh, an accomplishment, and I want to go to some place that's not just a restaurant, but more of an experience. <laughs> an experience. I like that. Um, do you want it to be like games kind of a thing? Are you looking for like a can-can wonderland situation? Or a no. cooking class? Oh, that yeah. would be fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh The Good Acre just announced that they're going to be partnering up with Certix for a bunch of classes. Oh, they are going to find the. That was my problem with Good Acre and wine. It was that you couldn't get a drink, and I didn't like that. (laughs) They heard you, and they have remedied that. Good. And they just announced their classes. Um, So go online if you want to check those out. They're really inexpensive too. They're like forty-five bucks. But and also obviously, Kitchen in the Market is a really fun one. I think they're cooking the market class where you go and you can do this. You can have them do it for a private event too, but you go and then you kind of walk around the market and find things to cook and then you kind of show it to them and then you guys all come up with a dish. That's a really fun one. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, what about 
what about my less adventurous friends? Like, something like Travail, but not Travail? Well, um, you might want to try... Um, uh, there's a little place called Tenant, yeah. which is in South Minneapolis. It's hard to schedule it, and there's not that many seats, so it depends on tickets. how many people you want. Um, but that might be an option. And then... Um, uh, what was the other place I was thinking that was like Travail that was sort of like... Bardo? No, that's not really like Travail. Um, there's nothing <laughs> like Travail in my no. mind. So I I will say I think you can get an experience like that sitting at um, counters, chef counters. Yeah. So like Talia has a good chef counter. Um, Bar La Grassa has a good chef counter. Um, Restaurant Alma has a good bar that feels kind of like a chef counter, though it's not a chef counter. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's great. We'll think of some more. Okay. I'll keep listening then. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks, Becky. All right. We also have Teresa on the line. Teresa? Hi. See, I am, we've got a shower for 20 women, and we've got chicken salad and rolls, but I'm in charge of meat and cheese trays. About how many ounces of meat and cheese do I need for about 20 ladies? Um, you know what? I would say that what I think what you should do is think about getting four different kinds of cheese. Um, and you can do, you know, like a blue cheese and then a soft cheese and then a goat cheese, you know, like a brie. Um, and maybe a hard like a cheddar. English cheddar. Yeah. And then and and I would say that you know, it depends if you've already got that other stuff, you could do a couple of ounces each, but I would like what I would do is go to France 44 and talk to the cheese people there and, and tell them what you need and tell them how many people are coming and they will kind of cut the right one that's not too... Because if I say like two ounces or three ounces, I worry, depending on the size, like the way that the cheese is cut, you know, oh. kind of give them a little bit of uh, leeway with it. Okay. I think an ounce a person too, but that assumes that... That assumes... But this is... I know, but there's like It assumes that like, and, yeah, nine to 12 people are going to make an actual sandwich. Right. And so meat is the same, an ounce a person? I, that's what I would do if I was doing deli sliced meats. But yeah. I think meat, there's like charcuterie meats. Yeah. And then there's like a pile of deli sliced meats. Were you thinking more of a platter or? More of a platter. Yeah, I would go with, I mean, I guess, and for me, I would always err on the side of generosity than I would worrying about. Leftovers. So I would get, yeah, and that's, I will eat all the sausage and cheese forever and ever. So I would probably just get a couple packs of those, either those, uh, you know, the Colombo salami packs. Uh-huh. Those are great. Or red table meats, get a couple of those and slice those up. Um, you know, it's, it, the good news is, is the meat and cheese, you don't have to worry about like, feeding someone a sandwich, you know? And right. so it's kind of like it's, and especially if there's already rolls and chicken salad there, yeah. then it's kind of like the entry snack. So you don't have to worry too hard. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. We have, uh, we have Anissa. Anissa has uh, a comment about the chef's table. What Please. do you got? Hey, um, have you guys ever been to the ice house for the five and 10 course chef tasting no super super good yes so i forgot I did about the that 10 course for a date night and a five course i did with a girlfriend of mine and they pair it with drinks and it's super fun oh that good is to know. a lot of fun i have not heard of that that yeah. sounds right up my alley nice recommendation thank you so much ma'am i also think that i mean honestly if you want to do uh an omakase that kind of an idea is a really yeah. good idea sitting at a kitchen sitting at a at a sushi chef uh, table and letting them at the counter and letting them kind of do your entire meal. There's a little interactivity with that and you're learning because they're telling you about the fish. That's a lot of fun. 
I would do that at Kadonomisa. I would do that at Origami. That would be a lot of great things. Yes, it would. Um, also, just as far as like interaction things, as, obviously Can Can Wonderland is a fun, crazy place, and there's there's not as much like food and dining there as much as it's just crazy playtime. But Punchbowl Social is another place that it, you can book. You can reserve like bowling lanes or dart machines. You can kind of choose. There's a karaoke room. There's those kind of things so that there's something going on. They have a more formalized menu that you can order from, and it's kind of a southern flair menu, and it's Hugh Atchison designed it. So it's got some gravitas. It's yeah. not, It's not like it's fine dining, for sure. But I those like are options. That. Those are all options. So Mother's Day is actually the thing that we were going to talk about just to get you guys aware that Mother's Day is coming up and you are going to want to think about brunch because I remember we got chastised from someone who said that we talk about it too soon, too late. Remember that email? She yes. was a little bit bummed that we were talking about brunch and it was only two weeks out, but here we are. <laughs> Giving you a little Giving you extra like time. Maybe one more week on it. Um, and letting you know, oh, actually, you know what? We have Kari on the line as oh, well. This is sure. a great Ask Stephanie portion of the show. I love it. Kari, are you there? I am here. What can we do for you? Well, we are taking my girlfriend out tonight for her 50th birthday. Oh. And we're going to start at the Hewing Hotel for a drink and want to end at the Red Rabbit for dinner. And I'm wondering if there's any other places in that area that would be fun to stop into for a drink. Um, there are so many. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that if you are, where are you starting at? At the the hewing? I mean, for me, I think you, I would go across the street to the Monte Carlo and get like a really perfectly cold and stiff martini with a really fat olive. With an order of dry rubbed wings just for each lady to chow down. To have one. And then I might walk down the street and around the corner and grab a seat at the Spoon and Stable. To get uh, oh. just a lovely, beautiful cocktail. There are so many great cocktails there. And you can do a low-proof one, you know, or okay. a non-alcoholic one if you want to yeah, save your space. Yeah, that could be like a good break. Yeah. After you've had yeah. like two big drinks, then go there for yeah. a low-alcohol drink. Yeah. Okay. Those and are all these within walking distance? Yes. we could walk from one to another? Yes. yes. I have well, done this. You. We've done this many We've times. We've done this walk a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kari. Then would your last place be at like Parlor? So if she's stopping at, and then she's going to Red Rabbit, and then my last stop would be, yeah, maybe you could pop into Dalton and Wade on your way over from there to go get a Big bourbon. Big whiskey. Yeah, and then you could head over to Parlor, and then you, by that point, you're going to need a cheeseburger anyway. Yeah, so, so you need just to lay the base. Totally honest. Okay, well, now we've run out of time. So here's your Mother Day stuff. I will tell you, go to Open Table. <laughs> Like we always say, and I'll just let you know, there's a lot of stuff open for uh, Mother's Day brunch right now. Um, you know, it's uh, it's there's a lot of a lot of steakhouses are open. OK, you're making me- I'm sorry. I just <laughs> was looking at things and, you know, four bells, a lot of good places, you know, I was just trying to loop into this. OK, we're going to do a cookbook author next. That's going to be in studio. Then we're coming back to um, you're going to give us your top five Mother's Day places that you can get reservations. Maybe I won't. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Goodbye. We'll be right back. We are here and it is the Weekly Dish. And thank you for spending your Saturday with us. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here with a cookbook uh, author named Heather Kim, who has a new cookbook called Sweet Revenge, Passive Aggressive Desserts for Your Exes and Enemies. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. You are. This cookbook is incredible for a couple of reasons. One, it is so beautifully designed. Are you a graphic designer too? 
Nope, I am a tattoo artist and a pastry chef. Okay. <laughs> so artistic and the full whole, of ideas. <laughs> you guys, this cookbook, it's okay, so it's funny. So there's a whole section here in different types of burns. So there's the mild burn, little effort like a spring break sunburn, the first degree burn, some difficulty, ooh, that's going to blister. The second degree burn, getting harder, better stock up on aloe, y'all. And the epic burn, the tough stuff, spontaneous combustion level burnage. You just, you have like little funny hacks in here. Or you have great recipes. Um, you've got butterscotch candied bacon, which is really delicious. And then I also marked um, the... When I think of us ice cream, which is flaming hot Cheetos ice cream sandwiches with a flaming hot Cheetos ganache, what made you like this cookbook is so visual and fun and it reads kind of like a tattoo artist cookbook because there's so many graphic designs and illustrations. What made you think of your f desserts in this way? Well, I am the former pastry chef of Ola Arepa, uh, Ola Arepa and Rabbit Hole. And um, I uh, the cookbook is a young adult cookbook. So it is written for my niece, who is 11 out in Manhattan. Oh, um, sweet. Basically, life is difficult. Eat your feelings. Um, <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Because middle school that time is just the worst. Junior high is so painful uh, for everybody. No yes, very painful. When you have you, is this your first cookbook? This is this is the first thing I've written and had published. How did you like? Literally, you guys, the graphic design of this cookbook is amazing. And if you didn't do it, so how did you go from like, this is my, you know, candied bacon recipe to this is how it fits into the theme of the passive aggressive sweet revenge desserts? I have a wonderful team at Capstone, my publishing uh, company, and they really, they caught hold of what my vision was. And um, I'm so grateful to them. Yeah, it sounds like it was really a, quite a collaboration. What's your favorite recipe in the book or one of them? I would have to say it's the hot Cheetos. Really? Um, if you've ever been to Ola Arepa, I still have, um, well, they still have uh, the hot Cheeto brittle on yeah, the menu. So. That was that was the first moment where I was like, wait a minute, what? When we first tried that and I was like, that is, I mean, that is kind of the next level idea of sweets, right? It's candy brittled hot Cheetos. Yeah. Um, uh, Christina, her, she's the owner and chef yep. um, along with Burke. And her mom and I both have like a die love of like hot Cheetos. And it's like, how do I take this thing that we all love, right, and make it into a dessert yeah. product, right? Yeah. Um, and then the hot Cheetos ice cream sandwich in the book is just taking it to the next level. Did you have a horrible breakup or was it literally just putting yourself into the mind of like the junior high girl and how everything is such a dramatic scene? Everything is like a super drama when you are 11, right? Everything is like epic sort of operatic love story, hate, love, Um no, I, I don't have a dramatic breakup. That's uh, my husband and I, we're kind of like college sweethearts. Yeah. So oh, like, yuck. Maybe like the very opposite of that. Right. right. Like uh, I get super squishy about him. Aw. Aw. That's really, I love that. But that's sort of what I love about this book, too. It's full of attitude and it's full of, you know, fun. And I think with the bakery and pastry, there seems to be the, everything seems to be photographed on white and is all airy and light. And I kind of love the passionate side of this, whether it's, it's there's passion black, for good there's or color. passion for dark. The butter pound cake with sriracha icing. I mean, yum. Everyone loves sriracha. Yeah. <laughs> but in an icing, like I would never think to put that together. Oh, spicy, savory all day for me. Right. You can yeah. tell when you look at the book because a lot of the um, recipes have that spicy, savory note. Like you have a coconut mochi cake with coconut sesame pecan icing. Yes. It's like German chocolate along with 
um, like classic Asian dessert put together, like so mochi German, German mochi, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> German mochi. There's the know. devil's yeah. food cake with chocolate frosting and brownie streusel crunch. And then you've got gold flakes on the outside that make it look a little fun. Everybody loves gold flakes, especially the next day. <laughs> okay. Here's a recipe <laughs> that I don't even know. That was a subtweet. I'm no, that was say. really funny. <laughs> that was oh. good. And my <laughs> microphone just literally fell off. This like it's it's like limp. So do you? So as far as creating a book was, I mean, obviously a, you're a kitchen human, so you know about pressure and you know about timing. Was this something a next level for you? Was it easy? Did you find this? Is this your new calling? I loved writing this. Um, what happened was I was tattooing full time. Um, I'm also a tattoo artist at Minneapolis Tattoo, and. Um, it allowed me to leave the kitchen and stop working in the day to day in a yeah, kitchen, yeah. but still feel fully involved, like in the restaurant industry, which is something that I was born and raised in. So right. I just didn't want to leave. Right. And that creativity, you know, from tattoos and everything else, there's a creative outlet. And so now the book is a creative outlet. And it doesn't, it's kind of nice to have a different, a new sort of lane, isn't it? I am super excited. Are you hooked? I, I, I hope that this is a thing that happens. <laughs> I hope it does, too. It is, too, because your recipes are really great. Um, carrot cake truffles with Cool Ranch Dorito sugar. I'm having a hard time with that one, I got to admit. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about carrots and you think about ranch together, yeah, it works, right? And then you add a little bit of cream cheese in your head, kind of. You roll it together. One and bite. you make a truffle yeah. out of it. <laughs> you guys, seriously. I know. Um, no one knows. It's okay. okay. We're in studio having microphone issues today. But um, passive aggressive desserts for your exes and enemies. What did your niece think when she saw the cookbook? Um, it was a surprise that it was dedicated to her. So I was Aww. pretty excited. Um, she's like a fellow nerd just like me. And so uh, it says literally in there, like, uh, don't grow up to be a pastry chef, tattoo artist, go be a physicist. Mangni Imo loves you. Oh, <laughs> don't be. Cute. I love it. Go be a physicist. All right. So we've had a couple calls today about baby showers. For some reason, there is a lot of baby showers happening. I know. Is there anything in there that you would recommend would be kind of a showstopper for oh, a baby my shower? Goodness. I, again, can I say this? Yeah. I, um, so the manager at Ola Arepa, she's had two children and she's a very good friend of mine, Brie. Brie. And so I make her um, vagina cakes. Ah! Vagina cakes are the best, right? Yes, yes. It's like basically a strawberry shortcake. Yep. And then you fill it with strawberries and, you know, that kind of weird viscous red strawberry. Yep. And then uh, for the first baby, it was one little hand, right? <laughs> and the second baby, it was the top of the head and two little hands. Oh, God. Um, and then the se- there was complaints with the first one that although delicious was not anatomically correct. Right. So for the second one, I made sure that I came correct and you, made you did, you, extra anatomically correct. Correct. You would be surprised what you can do with chocolate jimmies on the outside of the vagina cake. Wow. Love that. That is amazing. I love that. This is kind of a thing, too, the reveal cake. So I guess it's just a different way of expressing well, this it. Is right? a ba- well, I don't know if that's a reveal. Yeah, I guess that could be a reveal in a way. Oh, no. That- oh, and then you could pull it out. Yeah, that's no. next level. That's I next level, that. right? The next friend that has a baby, I am totally doing know, that on. God. Where we like, yeah, pull the. And then it's like, oh, oh it's a reveal. Even oh. that's disgusting and weird. I'm into but it. Not not bad. It's very social enough. media video. I know. Already. I know. What a good I, so could someone like commission a cake like that from you? Or do you, I mean, do you do, do you do custom cakes for people? 
I don't really. You don't really? I only okay. do it for love. Okay. That's so, good to know. Well, you, you might get some calls, is what I'm saying. For um, what if you think, like, let's just say that we're your publishers and we're like, okay, Heather, uh, Sweet Revenge was such a success. Now we're going to have the next cookbook. What oh could goodness. it be? Oh, you, it would be nice to integrate some more. Like, I was born and raised in Chicago, right? So, um, and I'm Korean American. Yeah. So, to do something that's like Asian American desserts, yeah. I don't think there's really anything like that out there right now. Yeah. And I would love to do something like that. Oh, I that's a really great idea. Uh, yeah. What are some of the dessert, desserts you grew up with? Because it feels like Korean food's kind of having a moment, yeah. isn't it? Well, I mean, yeah. I think we're just all opening ourselves up to so many different other, you know, cuisines because there's, you know, kind of the openness we're trying to, people are wanting to learn so much. I think like my favorite Korean dessert is a uh, mujikitok, which is like a rainbow cake. So it's like a rainbow rice cake. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's beautiful and uh, absolutely delicious. But I think maybe it needs to be modernized to the palate of of what's going on right now in the food industry. Yeah. Um, but I would love to play with that. That would be fun. Yeah. I would think that would be a kind of a cool thing. Yes. I bet you could find, I bet someone will publish that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could I will find bet someone. Cross. Yeah, right? And um, it doesn't have to be th- themed with revenge at all either. <laughs> maybe for an adult audience. Maybe it could be. Perhaps. Maybe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, um, I'm having, <laughs> I'm yeah. having such serious microphone issues. I'm literally practically on the ground. Um, can you tell me just in terms of Korean food, because we get asked this and I don't know, is there a place in town that you really like? Um, I would have to say, like, if you are looking for Korean food, uh, and I know this is not a traditional Korean restaurant, but uh, Young Joni has some amazing takes on Korean food right now. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. And Anne, her her kimchi recipe is legit, and it's from her mom. Yeah. Uh, Anne is the chef owner of Anne Young Kim, Joni. of yes. course. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but her like the bibim grains right yeah. uh it's just like this amazing kind of like locally sourced ingredients and it's like this beautiful play on like your traditional bibim pop right um traditional is that on the menu now or is it a grains? special when... i think bibim grains is one of the regular things okay. on the menu yeah i want to say um but really like uh if you want to go for traditional korean food like tr- like traditional korean barbecue is the way to go and um, does anyone in town do it not really. Yeah, yeah. that's. I really am yeah, hoping someone a, will a dearth. Yeah, do that. I mean, like, there's one last Korea town in the United States, and that's in LA. LA, right? Right. I and know. so, if you want authentic Korean food, that's where you're going right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that yeah. sounds like a good fun food trip, doesn't yes. it? Yeah. Four days in LA and Korean town. Yeah, Yum, I love that. Um, anybody that you admire that makes desserts in the Twin Cities besides yourself, of course, Sweet Revenge, Heather Kim. Oh my goodness, I totally admire Diane Yang. Yeah, uh, over of course. Yeah, right? Spoon and stable. She's admirable. Um, right, and then her. Um, I think her CDC for pastry is Alexandra Mott. Mott's. Yeah, and she's Mott's killing is, it. Mott's is on the rise. Mott's yeah. is a name to watch, you guys. Okay. Yep. Yeah. She's good. Uh, people, we put a link to your cookbook on the uh, weekly dish show page, so people can order it there. Oh, thank you. So um, much. Are you doing any book signings? Um, I am. I'm doing uh, the Book Expo in Manhattan coming up at the end of next month. Um, I'm also doing Kitchen in the Market Cook the Books event July 21st. Um, we're partnering with Sheridan Story, which is a charity that's really near and dear to my heart. Yeah, cool. we are, it's the new Chef's Night Off 
uh, sponsor too. So that's really awesome. They um, this is a books. cool thing. The cookbook is a new sec is a new series that they're doing where you can like. I mean, I think this is fun to be hang out with the author and do some stuff. Yeah, I love that. Are idea. you terrified? Yeah. Okay, don't be terrified. <laughs> oh, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, oh, I hope people don't think I'm fun. Oh, uh, you, you know what? Great. A couple of glasses of bubbles and everyone will be great. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Heather, for coming in today, coming in studio. It was great. It's Heather Kim, Sweet Revenge, Passive Aggressive Desserts for Your Exes and Enemies. And it's a really sweet cookbook. Fun. Fun. Beautiful and very well designed. We'll be right Thank back. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. I want you all to know Hansen has fixed her microphone. Yes. <laughs> I was like, literally, well, never mind. Never mind. This is behind the show stuff. But I did tweet out a picture of it. It was kind of funny. It was funny. The best part was when it just limped down in the middle of the conversation. Yes. Was and I had to like crouch down so yeah. I could talk into it. I know. Um, all right. Well, you know, that's kind of just part of the deal of having a radio show. And yes, it is. that's our Saturday. Um, by the way, you guys, if you missed any of the show and if you want to drill back down on Heather Kim's cool book or any of the other stuff we've talked about today, uh, don't forget you can podcast. You can also go to Weekly Dish, uh, My Talk 107. I'm sorry, My Talk 107.com and talk about uh, and look for the web or look for all the stuff and listen on demand. And of course, you can always check out our Facebook page where we have a lot of stuff. If you are interested in Instant Pot, don't forget we have the Weekly Dish Instant Potters. I know a lot of people are thinking, they may not be using their Instant Pot so much because it's kind of grilling season. But let me tell you something. If you are going to get into a place where it is hot outside and you do not want to start your oven, the Instant Pot is really good for not heating your house up. And you know what else it's good for? What? Like my husband always wants some starch with his meal. So we grill a lot of meat, but I'm making like farro, barley. Last night I made wild rice, risotto. I'm yes. making all the starchy stuff in the Instant Pot that's just heat it or start it and then let it go yeah. while he's doing all the grilling stuff. That's a nice idea. See, lots of good things. Uh, okay. So what's come? Do you want to talk a little bit? Do you, do you have a moral of the story today? Yes. What's your moral of the story? The moral of my story is that. <laughs> you don't have to have a moral of the story every day. We don't, we can't learn everything all the time. Well, here's what I learned. Okay. I learned that the chicken salad, tuna salad, <laughs> egg salad, shrimp salad, veggie salad is a real thing. And that people love salads, ham salad. Okay. That's what I learned. That's like, what you learned. I mean, I, I don't happily think it's hard because are those salads? It's a weird, it's a different kind of salad, but it is funny how we call them salads. And then we look at a bowl of greens and that's a salad. Yeah, and why are is is the word salad just a melange? Maybe. And that's why it's called salad? There's a book called Perfection Salad, which is a really interesting Laura Shapiro wrote it a, a while ago, and it's sort of that and she digs into the jello salad because and what is that's salad? a salad too yeah. apparently. It really it was really interesting about the ideas of modern feminism and housework and and bringing things together and efficiencies while still feeling that you're meeting your family's needs. Really interesting sociological stuff. Yeah. So Perfection Salad, Laura Shapiro, if you want to know. Here's what else I learned that okay. I need to help you rid yourself of all your rhubarb. Yes. I'm going to try to identify some savory recipes for you. Okay, good. So we can make this call. This could be the spring rhubarb project. It could be. It could be. Because once, and the funny thing is, is it'll keep going because I won't get rhubarb up at the cabin until like, 
mid to probably third week of June. Really? Yeah, because okay. it's so late up there. It's just snowed, for gosh so, sakes. I'm in Ely, so it's right. just the hinterlands up there. And so, you know, as every summer happens, you know, Hanson will be taking time to go hang out at her cabin. And so we'll have a bevy of guests filling in, you know, never filling the shoes of, but Aww. sort of sitting in the chair. And I am doing some work this summer. You are. Which, You'll be here. A little bit. But we have Elizabeth Reese on tap. Yes. She is scheduled to uh, be in the chair more than she was last summer. She's very excited about that. Yeah, because she was pregnant last summer and yep. just had the baby. So, and Molly Herman will also be here doing mm-hmm. a couple uh, shows along from Kitchen the Market. And then we have a couple other slots open that we're going to pepper with some people. So that'll be a lot of fun. Meredith Deeds, is she coming? Uh, she just texted me and she wants to so okay. I have to yet to send her her dates <laughs> alright uh, she does a lot of cookbook and recipe writing which I think you know because I'm not an official cookbook person um, you're the food writer I'm just the eater so I think it's always good when we can get different perspectives yeah totally a lot of good things um, I just wanted to point out some fun stuff that uh, Octo Fish Bar is now open for brunch yeah and I also I believe today is the first day of the St. Paul Farmer's Market it is. It is, right? And uh, next week is going to be the first day of the Mill City Farmer's Market, and they have added a Tuesday market in uh, the commons. Okay. Oh, I knew that that was a big thing that they yeah. were going to do, but it's they're not starting the commons thing until... I don't know when they start yeah, the commons I things. Like... I know their Saturday start next, or their Sunday start next week, May 5th. Um, uh, Click Wine event is happening at Canterbury, which is 30 Minnesota wineries. And they are doing sampling and having things out there. So if you're interested in that, check it out. Do you know, Steph, has anyone... I, the Arboretum is so beautiful this time of year. I just want to encourage people to check that out. Yeah. Um, it has been voted like one of the most beautiful Arboretums in the United States. Listen, the Arboretum is, you know, one of the... I mean, it is one of the best ones. Yeah. And it is so fun to be there and gorgeous. And The next month, like, oh. it just really, when the crab apples happen and the tulips and the daffodils, it's just one of the most beautiful places in the world. And in July, they have their taste and toast. Toast That's and taste a great in the event. garden. I know. I'm a, I'm like a honorary chair oh, of the event. Oh, good, because I want to come. You want to come? You want to just come with me? It's in July. Yes. I feel like it's July something. It's, I'll put it on my It's calendar. a little early yes. for it, but I mean, definitely look it up. It's, it, it is literally you walk around the garden and sample beautiful food and beverage options from people. And it is one of the more, uh, if you're, if you like charity fundraisers and you happen to want to be outside, it's just beautiful. And you can wear your cute little sundress yeah. and your strappy oh God, sandals. Summer is so coming. I know. It is so I'm coming. just dying. It is almost here. I'm losing three toenails and I'm so oh. sad oh from my big paint, hiking adventure. Just paint right Paint over. the skin. Yeah. I know that's what I'm going to do. Just do it. Nobody will notice. It. No one will notice. I love it. Uh, I have not grilled a thing yet because I have, I, I have lost an attachment to my grill and I don't oh. know where it has gone. And so. <laughs> wow. I have grilled a lot. I have nothing. In fact, I'm just despondent over that. But. I've done pork chops. I've done beef. I've done vegetables next weekend. Or no, Sunday I'm doing pizzas. We're having a little pizza party. Oh, good. Yeah. Do you put a stone when you do the pizzas or do you just put them right in the grill? Stone. You do. You have to get that stone up to 500 degrees and then your pizza will take like two minutes. Okay. I have two stones. I have the Emil Henry stone, which I do really like. Mm-hmm. And then I have just like a vanilla colored hardware stone. Do you do hardware that? Hardware store. Is that over a gas grill? Are you just doing yep. it? Or, okay. Yep. I don't do wood fired grills simply because I've had a fire with a wood fired grill with charcoal and we had a fire at the cabin and oh, we can't that's do right. that. That's right. So we are gas grill people now. All right. 
Uh, hey, I want to give you guys a note that Chef Shack Ranch in Bay City is open. Uh, Gordy's Hi Hat up in Cloquet, open. And the drive in in Taylor's Falls, if you want to head out that way, is open. open. Get a Duke Western burger. All right, gang, that's about it for us. We yeah. are going to uh, have, have a, a great good time. Saturday. Yeah, have a great time. We'll see you next week. Ciao, ciao.